Hello, and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen Craig and Parker Doman. So uh, this week, been working on some uh, some dip trace stuff. Yeah, getting, getting some dip trace files uh, and some articles ready. Yep. So uh, last week was Eagle right. libraries, and this week is dip trace. Dip trace libraries, dip trace templates, and dip trace rule files. Yep. So all the libraries getting kind of updated. Um, the rule files have all the DRC stuff in it. And then I created some uh, some template dip trace files uh, that are up on our GitHub where you can, uh, if you're starting a new file or a new PCB with dip trace, you can just load up this this file. It, um, there are four of them and each one you can go and grab and they have all of the uh, the information on um, for the for the different DRC uh, manufacturing capabilities. Yep. Actually, I apologize. Three of them. Uh, one for two layer, one for four layer, and one for six layer. Uh, so, say you want to do a four layer board with, you know, three mil traces, go and download the uh, the four layer uh, template, and then in the DRC you can select the uh, extended manufacturing, and you will now be set up to do a four layer board. So that you can you can. In that template, you can change what to, what standard you're using. Then, yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, so that that way, it's um, if you're not designing something from the get go, and they go, "Oh crap, I need you know a three mil trace here," and then don't start over. Right. So in that case, all you would do is there's a pull down list. You would just pull down and go to whatever extra thing you need, uh, like the extended manufacturing, which takes your trace width from five mils down to three mils, and your annular rings from six mil down to three mil. Yep. Uh, and then you just move to that template and it'll automatically update the DRC and you're good to go. Awesome. So it makes things a lot easier. Yep. And uh, there will be a, uh, an article coming out soon uh, that shows people how to do that. Yeah. And well, then you had a uh, BGA escape article. Yeah. So we talked about the first BGA article a couple podcasts ago. Um, the first article was about creating pads. For BGA footprints, uh, do you choose solder mask defined pads or non solder mask defined pads? So uh, I we released the uh, the next article, the the second part of that this week, which is talking about escaping or routing traces out of BGAs. Yeah, and it was a this article took a long time for you to write. Just so much information they, to sift through. BGAs are not easy to deal with, and there's so many different rules. Based off of, you know, if you have this, you do this, blah, blah, blah. So I tried to distill all of that down and present in the least amount of information, the most amount of... Information. Information. Right, right. <laughs> and in the least amount of words, the most amount of information. Yep. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. Go, go read both articles, the one about creating pads and then the one about getting traces out. And, you know, you read those, you should be able to use a BGA on any of your projects. Yeah. And then uh, this week I was working more on USB Type C. I think last week I was talking about I finally got like it working in our standard manufacturing, which is five mil traces, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a uh, Molex part number one zero five four five zero dash zero one zero one. It's all old SMD Molex connector. Yeah, Type C. Um, I really like it. I, I think my favorite thing about it is. It gives you a little like positive snap kind of when you plug in the connector. Yeah, that's a little little you nice. You know you're connected. Yeah, you know you're connected. Um, and so I actually just put up a a. Uh, Gosh, if I was making a connector company, that would be my slogan. You know you're connected. You know you're connected with blah 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 connectors. Steven interconnect. <laughs> Steve connect. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Well, no, just Craig inter- Interconnect. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Craig Interconnect. All right, guys, I'm, st- I'm starting a connector company. Craig Interconnect. <laughs> Ki with proper data sheets, right? Yeah. No. 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 I can't. No, it's impossible. You're not allowed to have a good data sheet. It's an electronic component. It's gonna be terrible. No, it's an electronic connector component. So oh, you have to have yeah. dimensions that don't relate to each other. And you don't have a zero zero point on that. Well, and on top of that, I'm gonna have one data sheet for every connector I make. One that just shows like a generic footprint, and you have to kind of like get the idea of all. Oh the no, footprints. it has like a like a chart that you have to reference. <laughs> yeah, but, but the chart a, is like eight pages long, and it's in a different data sheet. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the, in the appendix of a different data sheet. Yes. Right. Perfect. Welcome to Craig Interconnect. Yep. Servicing you. Connecting you. <laughs> you know you're connected. <laughs> you know Alright, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we started up uh working on KeyCAD footprints. Right. And uh one thing I noticed about KeyCAD footprints, I did not know this, is they they've since I think 4.0, they started separating out libraries into like their own folders and components and individual the parts get their own files now. It's not like uh, Eagle where you have like MF-connectors and then like all your connectors are in one XML file. Yeah. It just separates everything out, which I guess is good for if you need to copy-paste stuff. It's a lot faster. Well, yeah, and, and DipTrace is the same as, as Eagle where your your footprints are all within... Uh, uh, you know, you you lump them in groups. So, yep. like, I have I have the Stephen Craig footprint group, yep. and I have the Stephen Fre- uh, Craig part group. Uh, but KiCad does them as individual files for every footprint. Yeah, and they put them in a uh, folder that's whatever you named the library dot pretty. <laughs> Which <laughs> why? You know, so the thing is, I guess they're trying to get away from, like, it's so easy for EDA tools to do .sch for a schematic, .pcb for a PCB, and .lib for a library file. I guess they wanted to be different. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, so this week, I was actually doing a a quote for a customer um, for some DFM stuff. And, of course, since I act like I'm 12 years old, I named his file like a temp file. I named it Poop. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was just working on this file called poop and, and I exported all of his libraries and it named it poop.pretty. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, wow, I'm 12. <laughs> I think it was just the KiCad developers just want to instill like a positive esteem into KiCad. It, it always makes you feel good. When yeah, you it always makes you feel good. You open it up and it says dot pretty. You know, actually something that I was trying to do today in KiCad, and maybe one of our listeners can tell me i to be honest i haven't used a lot of KiCad. i've played with it a little bit never really made a board in it i brought in a, a board and i wanted to find information about the board how many footprints are on the board how many components are on the board i wanted just generic information you want metadata metadata yeah, yeah. i want metadata and Eagle has a ULP that will just give you all of that. DipTrace has, you go file design information and it tells you how many nets, how many blah, blah, blah. It tells you all this stuff. I couldn't find anything in KiCad. I literally had to export the libraries and count the footprints oh, to no. find how many. So like, 
maybe I'm just missing something. I don't know. And maybe there's some script or some hidden file. Well, okay, so they have a scripting language, and, and Dustin at, at, at Macrofab, he came by and he's like, oh, yeah, I can get you that, and he just wrote some code real quick. I'm like, I don't want to have to write code to just get some information, yeah. you know? That'd be like in Eagle, if you wanted that information, you had to write an, a ULP. Yeah. Nah, you don't want to have to do that. Well, I guess technically the ULP is already written. It so. is, it, yeah, it is written, but like as, the, as a designer of just a generic board, or for me, I just wanted to get some quick information. I didn't want to have to do that. It just seems kind of odd that KiCad wouldn't have that, but maybe it does, and I was just missing it. Yeah. It's probably under, like, edit or something. Yeah. I'll look again. Yep. Maybe I'm just a doofus. Now we're all doofuses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that, what we did this week, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so the RFO. Yeah. Um, this is awesome for Steven. <laughs> uh, there was a it goes uh, right along with my yeah. library yeah your library is dot poop dot pretty um, <laughs> this is a toilet seat that tells you how much your excrement weighs <laughs> see I like use that word instead of just poop <laughs> excrement yeah oh, fantastic yeah. that makes it so I'm at least 16 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 12 right 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 <laughs> I'm 29 and I still laugh at uh, at at uh, body body humor, poop jokes. <laughs> so okay, this is a scale. Yes, but it's built into a toilet seat. Toilet seat. So when you sit down, first of all, though, whose legs are short enough they're not touching the floor when you sit down on the toilet? And you have to like sit there like really still. Yeah, but then you have to pick your feet up. That's weird. Yeah, it's like I, I don't really understand how. Anyways. That's a technicality aside. Um, but yeah, IoT toilet exists. <laughs> Our toilet seat. So you measure before and after. Yeah. And uh, you take a delta, and then you and then you write it on the wall uh, next to you, so everyone <laughs> else you can compare it's, it's to. It's like everyone when your else. kid goes up to like the door sill and you like mark off how tall he is. <laughs> but instead, it's just like my poop weighed one point two pounds today. Oh, this podcast is going downhill fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's actually what I was thought of. Is like. This wouldn't be used for health reasons. This would be who could take the largest poop. Oh yeah, no. This is this is a total. This was designed by a dude, and this was meant for like him and his buddies. You know, I could see this going well in like a college house or something <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> I, I. But phenomenal idea. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, interesting idea. Potty humor. Um. There's a new Android phone. There's lots of Android phones, but this was one that's made by Motorola, the Moto Z. It uh, supports DIY and Raspberry Pi hat add-ons. Yeah, I saw that. It's so you basically pop the back off, and you can slide in basically DIY hardware and then put the backpack on. It's pretty, it's pretty nifty that a company that large is paying attention to guys who want to modify their yeah. product. Fo yeah, the phone. And they're they're doing a lot of stuff. Um, it's got it's, they call it the um, Moto Mods Backplate Expansion System. That's an interesting name. And I don't really like the name because it's not an acronym or a something you know like the same machine. <laughs> P O O P. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And then, uh, and there's also like there's different add-on boards you can get for like um, 
there's like temperature, add on screens, lights, all that stuff. Then they have a perf board one, so you can just solder up your own stuff, hmm. which is cool. So wait, okay, so does it have access to signals in the phone? I don't, I think it's an expansion bus, and so you have to pass data to it or get data from it. So there's, I guess there would be some kind of front-end app. Yeah, there's actually a, uh, they actually have their own SDK called oh. the uh, Moto Mod Android SDK. That's awesome. And it allows Android apps to talk to this crap. Do uh, you know what voltage level that is? No idea. Huh. That's, it, that's, that's pretty, pretty and cool. And the cool thing about this stuff is you can buy it now. It's not a vaporware. Huh. Vaporware. Vaporware. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy this stuff now. How much is it? Uh, I think the starter stuff was 125 bucks. Okay. Which isn't bad. No, no, no. Not bad at all. And I think it's on Element 14. Which just got bought out, but whatever. <laughs> that's the yeah. I, I like that. That's that's pretty cool. Being able to get into your phone without forcefully having to damage it. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna try to get my hands on some of this hardware. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Just put a put a new tube in there. Yeah, I put a new tube in there, <laughs> or um, a phone that has a lab power supply built in. God, you just eat through the battery. Yeah, you eat through your battery, but sometimes you need that 3.3 volts, man. Yeah? <laughs> you, you need it real bad. Yeah, you need it right real away. Real bad. <laughs> you can't walk across the room to your lab power supply. Or you, ha or you have a phone that boosts your, your 3.3 up to 19 volts, and you charge a laptop off of it. Oh, this is back to Type-C 100-watt charging now, huh? Yeah, and it would just completely demolish your phone yeah in about 30 minutes yeah what else could you do with this thing oh well, i was looking at some people are designing um external controllers that your phone snaps into mm -hmm. i mean those kind of exist already but they talk over usb yeah um i guess if you want okay so the thing is this is more like adding instead of like a usb thing i think it's more like adding different kinds of sensors to your phone but but phones already have so many sensors on them. Like if you pull up your 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 data in the background of your phone, I can do it on my phone right now. I mean, there's so much crap in there that is constantly reading. But it doesn't have a poop sensor. Ah, methane. Yeah. Yeah, you got to catch that. that. So when you're sitting on the the toilet scale, you can yeah, that makes sense. I got you. Yep. Or you can make a breathalyzer that's built into your phone. They and already so you, have those, but they're USB. And so it will stop you from texting if you're over a certain uh, blood alcohol content. Yeah. And not allow to tweet if you are had three or four beers. You can't <laughs> say really embarrassing things yeah, yeah. online. <laughs> are yep. you sure you want to text your ex? Blow into the phone now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. People would buy that, I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah, people would buy that. Yeah. So can you only fit one board in there, or can you, like, stack them? Uh, one board. Okay. But you can put as much stuff, I think, as you want onto it. Ooh. Do they have, um, is there, like, a template? So if you want to actually manufacture a board, I don't know. I bet you there would is. be cool. I bet you there is. That no, we should awesome. make a template for this. Yeah. And put it up on our GitHub. Yeah, especially if all the connections and stuff are already set, and it already has all the um, part numbers and everything. Yep. 
such that you just place no, them I whatever you want. No, I think the board actually, I think it's like a knife edge kind of connection. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. And it kind of just slides in like a SIM card, except it's a you know, a PCB. It looks like about two by three inches. We need to come up with some cool idea for yeah. it. Something that... Because, yeah, it just seems like what would you do? You would add more sensors. I get, Okay, so uh, I guess you could add ADCs that measure all kinds of weird stuff or something like... Yeah, I just... That's all I can think of right now. I'm sure there's something. Yeah, I'm sure there's someone's working on something. All I can think about is adding different kinds of sensors to your phone. You know, what could be cool is, um, but I guess you could do it with a camera. You could put you could put a color sensor, such as you put your phone on something, and it would detect the color of whatever it was. That's actually what some of these, um, like, examples they give on yeah. their site. They say, like, um, infrared cameras... Yeah. E-ink displays, game controllers, printers to metal detectors. Inventory tag readers, but you can do that with the camera. Uh, blood pressure monitors, air pollution sensors. Basically, that's a whole list of just sensors. Yeah. Um, except printers. I, I suppose you... Okay, so get this. You could potentially put a touchscreen on the backside of your phone, such okay. that if you're holding it in one hand... Your thumb operates the front touchscreen, and your other fingers can operate the back touchscreen. Yeah, I, I mean, it would. It seems like you'd have to learn how to. Yeah, how you, to do that? Yeah, that seems really tough. But it, it's something that could be done. I don't yeah. know. I'm just my my brain's starting to work now. Clearly, it wasn't before we were talking about potty humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I think was it Google was trying to do a modular phone a while back. And it never really took off at all. I don't think anyone was able was able to buy hardware for it or anything. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, you can actually buy this now. That's cool. Uh, where where at? Element fourteen. Oh, okay. Are they the sole distributor? Probably. I think so. Cool. Somebody's gonna come up with something cool. Yeah. Poop sensors. Do it. <laughs> measures methane content. It's a challenge. Uh, so this month is, it's September. Yep. And so college is starting to kick back up. It is not September. It's August. It is August. Okay, it's August. Even more so. <laughs> school's starting to kick back up. Um, school, school is, a, yeah. We won't be releasing this for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, school is about to come back. Well, high school's coming back. College is usually September. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so they're already in session then. Yeah. I don't remember. I, th I think I think grade school is already back in school, or if not, it'll be like tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And I actually saw this. The amp hour was asking like. What advice would you have for freshman engineers? Um, and I, I, I was like, wow, we should steal that idea. <laughs> but I thought a little bit different way of phrasing it is, as a freshman engineer, what would you buy to get a leg up on your, your other... Um, classmates? Uh, yeah, classmates. Like, instead of like advice to give them, like, just buy this stuff. <laughs> just, just be really direct about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, will, I, I would almost say like, like a survival kit. Yeah, I, I would say learning or getting stuff to help you out in your electronic labs. 
Yeah. Is is number one. So I would say buy Art of the Electronics. By Horowitz and Hill. Yep. Yeah. Killer book. Yep. And then uh, buy a really good breadboard with some wire jumpers. Right. And by really good, it probably isn't going to cost more than, say, $30. Yep. Uh, but don't buy, like, a $1. Yeah, breadboard. correct. Buy a really nice one and use that in all your labs. Screw whatever your lab prompter gets you. You will look like the biggest dork bringing your own equipment, but... If you're going into electrical engineering, you're already a dork. <laughs> so just, yeah, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Trust um, us. It, 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 I had labs that that were crappy because the crap that my TA gave me was bad. Yes. I not, had that same problem, too. Not because any of my homework was bad. And then, um, yeah, read the art of electronics and start doing the examples. Like, actually go get some transistors, get some resistors, get some caps, some LEDs, and start building oscillators out of transistors and learning that stuff, the basic low-level stuff that you you probably won't even touch until your second year. Yes. Um, but you will be you will be light years ahead, ahead of, of people. people. Yeah. Trust me, I remember being a senior in electrical engineering, and there were some guys who could not turn on a light bulb, swear to God, could not turn on a light bulb <laughs> uh, electrically. They couldn't even draw the schematic for it. Uh, it's not hard to get... Better than that, yeah. You know, no, I think I think that's a I think. Well, okay, we weren't necessarily going for advice, but I think I think yeah. that's I think that's good. That's that's perfect. And 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 all said and done, that's like a hundred and fifty bucks. It's cheaper than yeah. The book know, is the most expensive thing there. Still, it's cheaper <laughs> than the first calculus textbook you have to buy. Yeah, three hundred dollar textbook that you open up eight times. Right. Also. Um, Make friends with with the guys in the electrical department, because uh, if you need parts, a lot of times they'll just give them to you. Yep. If not, Mauser is your friend, and you can usually buy everything you need there. Um, oh, you know what we need to do? What's that? We need to put together a blog post. This would be cool. A intro, a student's guide to your first electronics lab. Ooh. Oh, I like that title. <laughs> um. But and then have a like here's a cheap power supply that you can. I think we should make it that you make like a LM317 with a potentiometer and a, and a heat sink, which frankly will get you through 99.9 percent .9 of all the labs in electrical engineering. Yep. College. Yep. And then so you take like a wall charger, hook that up to the three uh, LM317. Yeah. All that stuff. Get like we'll f find like a you know fifteen twenty dollar multimeter. Yep. And actually, I use at home a $15 multimeter for everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are like, oh, no, you need to get a fluke. I'm like, no, you can spend your money best elsewhere. Well, okay, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You don't do a lot of analog circuits. You do, you do a bit more digital. Yeah, but most students are not going to be doing analog stuff. True. Okay, true. I, um, I'm just even even digital advocate. stuff is... All right, so a high-end fluke, is you're going to get better isolation than the cheap stuff. You're going to get higher resolution. Arguably, the low-level flukes that are like 150 bucks still only go out to two decimal places. Yeah, but the nice ones go out to like four. Yeah, but that's... Like, I'm thinking like you build this whole like intro lab. 
thing. Oh, for for like, intro lab, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like your budget is like beer money. <laughs> if, if you show up to a, to your first lab in college with a fluke in your hand, that means that like your dad was a double E and he did like projects with you in the basement your entire life. Oh yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. only way that could ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, you're going to get the radio shack banger, uh, no. you know, when you first start out and then like cheap power supply, yeah. a cheap microcontroller dev platform, um, An Arduino, Arduino, um, maybe like a DLA digital logic analyzer, a cheap one. Mm-hmm. It's like 20, 30 bucks. I think you can forgo in a scope up at first, but maybe figure out some way to supplement that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, I think we should come up with a like the cheapest you can build a decent lab and build stuff. Well, we should also throw in the art of electronics on that and say, what if what if you could have the whole kit and caboodle for two hundred bucks, including the book? Yeah, I I think so. I I think, I think we could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. And also go as far as making a part list for like make a part list for the art of electronics book. Yeah. So when you work through some of the examples, you already have those parts on hand. Yep. Yep. That'd be awesome. And and like simple stuff like here's making a difference amplifier or an inverting amplifier. You know, something like that. An op amp and two resistors. Done. You got it. Ooh, some way of creating a signal. Uh, Well, you know what? You can do it with your phone. Uh, if you don't really care that much about super high accuracy, if you're looking to just see the operation of the circuit, there you go. Your phone... It, oh, I'll put three on the headphone app? On the headphone, yeah. Do they make frequency generator apps? Oh, yeah. Download? Oh, yeah, no, I, I do that all the time. You know, I think we should just... Re- our next article that we... Next big article we come out with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this will be fun. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're nerding out now. Yeah. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. Yeah. No, that that that'll that'll be good. We could give a list of of apps on your phone that you yep. can pick up, uh, um, and then a list of of parts and 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 all kinds of stuff. Yeah, this that'll be good. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we got another project to do. <laughs> yeah, that's another big. That's gonna be a big one, but yeah. a lot of fun. I well, think it'd be very helpful for people. We need, well, yeah, let's let's do that one together. Let's yeah. have fun with that one. So look for that article in the next month or yep. so. Yeah. Um, in in the next month, which is September. September. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Later, guys. Take it easy. <laughs>